census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Episode 325 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Rayhold, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. We are here live from the Magenta Manor Pat Cave, uh, brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee and the Dorkening Podcast Network. Uh, I, of course, am not here on my own. I am here joined by my co-host on the show and my co-host in live. She is... <gasps> The King of the North. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we, King of the North. No, she is the uh, Baroness of Bordeaux, the Countess of Cabernet, the Mistress of Merlot, the Real Housewife of Transylvania, the Michael Phelps of Wine, the Queen of the Monsters, and an honorary Lizzie. She is Ashes Von Nightmare. She is a potato. Yeah, a spicy potato. Potato. We are uh, here, episode 325, which probably should have taken place a while ago, but, you know, life, things happen. Am I right? And, uh, you know, stuff happens and life gets in the way. And, you know, sometimes uh, you got you to gotta do what's important. And sometimes that means, you know, taking time out for your mental health. And, you know, I think that's something that everybody should And sometimes do a taking little bit time out for of. your physical health, too, which is what happened last week. It's very difficult to podcast if you don't have a voice. Right. Well, no, I was going to get to that because, you know, taking care of your mental health and taking care of your physical health generally go hand in hand. To quote the great poet laureate, what's his name? I don't know what you're about to say. No, he was like, take care of your chicken, take care of your mental. Oh, uh, Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch, yes. That's... The great poet laureate, Marshawn Lynch. Take care of your mentals, take care of your chicken. Y'all's chicken. Y'all's chicken. That's what he said. It's, a, it's a, from a press conference several years ago. chickens. I didn't know what he was talking about, but apparently he meant money. Um I'm not hip to all the lingo that all the kids speak, so I don't know. Um, not that Marshawn Lynch. Well, he's younger than I am by, like, I think, like, two months, six, seven years. Oh, wow. I think he's significantly younger than I am. I don't think he's only, like, 35, 36. But in running back years, he's geriatric, um, which is why he's not in the league anymore. Not that he couldn't do it. I think he still could, but, you know. You know, when you read all these articles over the summer about like, oh, the Vikings released Delvin Cook because he's, you know, he's getting up there in years. Yeah, he's 28. Like, what? Wow. Meanwhile, oh. like, everyone's like, oh, the Jets will probably have Aaron Rodgers for a few more years. It's like, he's 40. Like, the 28-year-old's getting up there in years, but the 40-year-old, yeah, he's got a bright future ahead of him. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. Uh, so... I greatly digress. So for those of you who uh, are not aware, um, two weeks ago, um, 
the first short film I ever directed uh, with the help of my uh, assistant director, Ashes, and a phenomenal crew who you will get to meet uh, in an upcoming episode. Uh, we uh, debuted or premiered the the film, uh, which we're just going to call KWK for now, uh, until the wider release. Uh, it is playing at another festival next week, Saturday, October 14th. The Happenstance Horror Fest as part of uh, Monster Expo in Taunton. Taunton. So, so if you can get there, uh, do so. If not, uh, wait a little while after that, and it'll be up on our YouTube channel, Magenta Manor Productions. But uh, For free. Yes. For I free. I won't even charge you. Um, we just want you to watch it. Right, and share with your friends and get them to watch it. So it premiered at the Shaunashe Film Festival, which is a f the first film festival we ever went to in uh, 2019. That was the first time we went there. And when we left, we were like, we should make a movie. Of course, nothing came of that for several years. You know, we had the ideas, but we had no idea how to approach it. But, you know, now that... You know, I've gotten my uh, directorial debut out there, and in a couple of months we're going to be filming Ash's directorial debut. Hi. We decided we wanted to talk about the the Shaunashe Film Festival in uh, a, a larger context, but in a more uh, abstract way. Talk about what it is that wa made us want to get into filmmaking and what it is that you know inspired us because the Shaunashe Film Festival was a huge part of that. So, Ashes, I'll let you go first. Uh, tell the folks at home what it was that you know made you want to you know create cinematic art. So, it'll probably come as a surprise to some of you, and then a surprise to maybe even none of you, um, that I've always wanted to entertain uh, from before I could even, like, I, I've just, I've, I've came out of the womb with jazz hands, you know. I um, started dance when I was three. Uh, yeah, I think I started, it was either three or four when I, when I started dance. Um, always singing, always putting on little performances. I used to set my stuffed animals up and they were my audience if I were, was putting on a concert. Or um, I would watch these two films in particular and I would act out like every single part. Uh, Mary Poppins and The Wizard of Oz. And I had costumes for everything and you know so uh i always knew i wanted to do something i wanted to entertain and at the time um i translated that to being famous i wanted to be famous i wanted to be a star um as i got older i realized that that's you know the the celebrity aspect of it is is not it's it's not it like that's not what i want if it's achieved that's great you know but it's more so the entertainer part I want to entertain I want to you know make you laugh I want to make you feel good about yourself I want to make you feel something anything so throughout 
all of my school years, you know, regular school, middle school, high school, and even into college, I was a part of a lot of theater performances. I have a really strong theater background, um, and including musicals. Uh, various play productions and whatnot, um, working on stage, behind the scenes, doing everything. When you're working on like a low budget stage production, like you're not just the cast, you are also the crew, like you're doing everything. Um, and, you know, like I said, I, I did that through most of my college career. Um, and then it got a little, it got to be a little too much trying to balance my, you know, school, getting a degree. Anybody who knows anybody um, who gets a science degree, it's very demanding. There's a lot of time and effort that goes into the labs and all of these papers and everything else that you have to do. And it's just, it's, it just, it got to be too much. So I unfortunately had to lay the entertaining side to, to rest, to focus more, you know, mostly on the, on the scholastic side. Um, and then I graduated from college and I just didn't think it was an, an option at that point. I didn't think that any of this was, you know, achievable. Now this was before, even I hate this word so much before influencers were a thing and before YouTube really took off and before I, we had MySpace and Facebook was in its super infancy stages at this point. Um, you know, Twitter, I don't even think we had Twitter. Uh, we had AIM instant messenger, like that's the, the AOL instant messenger, the AIM thing. Um, you know, so it, it just, it just, it just seems so far out of reach. And I went to high school in a really small town, graduated in that small town. My main goal was getting out of that small town. Uh, my dad, growing up, my dad was in the service, so we traveled around a lot. When he retired, we moved back to the town that my parents are from. And it's just a really small town that I just don't vibe well with. So my main goal was to get out of town. So, you know, when trying to think of, you know, what I want to... What I want to major in, what I want to be when I grow up, uh, I chose something a little more practical because I figured, A, it would, you know, provide me with my, I, you know, biotech was booming at that time. I figured, well, I can get a job, you know, pretty much guaranteed to get a job in that field. Most science jobs pay. Um that's a lie. <laughs> I found that out the hard way. Some of them do, but most of them don't. But but that's what I thought at the time. You know, science job will pay and I can get out of this town. So that was that was my goal. So I didn't think that any of this was attainable at all. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, starting this podcast and reaching out to other filmmakers to have them on the show and uh, meeting new people like James Lamont from It Came From The 508 and Mike Neal um, from Dream Apex and, you know, all of these other amazing, amazing, amazing people who just happen to be filmmakers and directors and writers and all of these, you know, things as well as, you know, like, oh, well, this is what I do for my J job to pay the bills. And but this is what I do like to fulfill the creative side that I absolutely have to you know fulfill um, and and all, all of a sudden it was an option all of a sudden it was an you know it's just wow so you don't have to have 
crazy expensive equipment. I mean, obviously it helps if you do, but you you don't, you know, kind of independent filmmaking is going back to kind of like the the grassroots of filmmaking, guerrilla filmmaking, you know, just you and a camera and an idea, you know, and these days you don't even need an actual video camera. You can use your phone. As long as your phone has the capability to, you know, record things for an extended period of time and have the, you know, the, the bandwidth to do so, like you can make a film. Anybody can make a film. Anybody with an idea and the ambition can make a film. And that's why I wanted to be a filmmaker, because I realized that that creative, like that, that spark never completely went out. And instead of trying to stifle it, I'm in the process of fanning the flames and trying to get it to grow bigger and bigger and bigger. And a few years ago, by few, I, I literally mean like two years ago, um, right before the pandemic, actually, I decided that I wanted to kind of dip my toes back into acting and see if I could rekindle my love for that. And, and again, it's just kind of like, it's, it's kind of all encompassing, you know, you, you want to act, but at the same time, like I have all of these ideas too, and realizing that I can do, I, I have the option. I have the opportunity to do all of that. If I want to, I just have to take advantage of that opportunity, you know, and if it's not given to you, create that opportunity for yourself. And that's exactly what I'm doing. Doing. I'm creating that opportunity. I have this idea. I just want to make people laugh. Yeah. So, I mean, that's. And that, I, I mean, long story short, like, that's it. Like, I just want to make people laugh. Like, I, I, I have a specific point of view. I'm influenced by so many amazing people. Some of them are people we know. Some of them are people I would absolutely love to have the opportunity to meet you know filmmakers who have a very particular set of skills well point of view like john waters john waters makes me want to be a filmmaker watching his films just like he's just a camp epitomized uh he makes me want to be a filmmaker you know seeing all of these amazing local talented people, you know, show their films at these festivals makes me want to be a filmmaker. You know, it's like this, this itch that I get, like my, I just, I just need to scratch it. I need to scratch it. And the only way I'm going to scratch it is by doing something. Yeah. And I totally understand that because it's almost like a physical need, like an addiction um, like that you have to satisfy or else, you know, you go into some sort of withdrawal. You know, and not only that, you know, we reach a certain age, you know, where when we're younger, we're told that you can be anything. You could do this. You dream big, have goals, you know, reach for the stars. And then there's a certain point where we're not told that anymore. We're supposed to conform to, you know, capitalism and, you know, fit in with the status quo and, you know, make money and, you know, do all of that stuff. And you know what? Fuck that. Fuck that. Have dreams. Make goals. Reach for the stars. No dream is too big. You're not too old. Like, I hate the fact that, you know, I see a lot of people who are very unsupported by the people around them. You know, family members, friends, what have you, because they're still 
in this mindset of I'm not satisfied. I need more. I need to, you know, I have this goal. I, I, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to, you know, I know a lot of creative types who, you know, their ultimate goal is to be able to um, make money and be like, have that be their job, their creative, you know, outlet be their job and to be able to quit their nine to five and have, you know, their creative outlet fund their lifestyle. Yeah, and it's it's definitely the goal. And, you know, for a long time, that's what I was hoping to do with my writing because I figured that's something that I could do that I, you know, feel like I have, you know, a decent talent at. You know, I can write a good narrative structure. You know, I can, you know, come up with a pretty compelling story and then, you know, do something interesting with it, you know. But it's so difficult and, you know, so few people read nowadays. Like, it's... <laughs> It's so hard to kind of break into that genre. But for me, you know, I, I'm very similar in the fact that, you know, I also um, spent a lot of time just wanting to entertain. And, you know, I was always, you know, um, you know, kind of like the class clown. And, you know, I I did get a chance to act a little bit every every opportunity that I took. You know, I'd always be in like the school plays and stuff when I was younger. I remember uh, getting into the paper, the local paper, uh, because I played Willy Wonka in our, you know, fourth grade presentation of, you know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, that was kind of cool. Like, I had a good time with that. That was a lot of fun. Uh, but, you know, after a while, like, you know, I even stopped writing because I was like, oh, all my ideas are dumb and... You know, no one cares. No one's going to care about my stupid stories. And then I read The Mangler by Stephen King, which is about a haunted laundry machine that escapes and kills people. And suddenly my ideas weren't that bad, you know, especially when I found out that they made uh, a movie and that movie got a sequel. So I don't know how much you can milk out of haunted laundry machine kills people, but... Uh, you know, at least two movies, it seems. So after that, I was like, all right, well, then nothing I could write would be, you know, a more far-fetched or, you know, to be honest, no offense to, you know, Stephen King, but that's kind of a dumb idea. Like, who the hell's scared of a laundry machine? But, you know, he makes you scared of the laundry machine, which is just kind of wild, which is why he is able to get his stuff made into movies because he can make things like that scary. But I was always a fan... It's the cocaine. Well, I mean, that's part of it. I was always uh, enthralled with stories and story structure and, like, there's stuff that I read as a kid that's still influencing my writing today. Um, if anybody's familiar with the Tripod Trilogy by John Christopher... Um, that's one of those things that's like, oh, my God, I love this. Roll doll stuff, um, you know. But for so long, I was like, there's no there's no chance that, you know, I could ever monetize this or, or do this because I don't, I don't know how to do it. I don't know anybody who does know how to do it. I don't know anybody in the industry. And for me, it was just, you know, it was a bit of frustration because it's like oh you know this is something I really want to do but I'll never do it like one of my goals as a kid is like all right I want to win an Oscar like 
how the hell am I going to do that? Maybe I write something and like somehow somebody picks it up and, you know, I had all the, you know, it's kind of like the, what would I do if I won the lottery type of situation? You know, and then, you know, I somehow got a job in the film industry. And after that, I realized what it would take because I was like, oh, I can make a movie. I can do that. You know, I, I think I have the talent and, you know, I can surround myself with people that know what they're doing. And I realized how monumentally difficult it is, you know, not being in the industry and going to going to the Shaughnessy Film Festival, seeing what people have done, seeing, you know, our friend Erica, whose debut film was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Um, it's like, that was her first film? Like, holy shit. Like, that was amazing. That was so good. Okay. You know, on the way home, Ash and I look at each other. We're like, you know what? We should try to make a movie. Of course, I had no idea what to do, how to do you know nothing like there was no like technical knowledge of how to do this and then like i said i got the job in the film industry and saw exactly how difficult it actually is and like what that you know making a film entails even a you know a, an indie film you know there's just so much that goes into it and there's so much money involved and there's so many moving parts so it's like okay well, let me take some time and figure out how, you know, I can do something. Let me think about some ideas. And, you know, I had a bunch, you know, tons and tons of ideas. I think everybody does. But it was a matter of how can I, how can I realize this idea? How can I, you know, get what's in my head onto a screen? And, you know, I took a long time because I wanted to learn more and figure out, okay, how could I do something that would be feasible? And luckily I have been surrounded by incredibly talented people who are willing to share their knowledge and their experience with me. So even though I may not know everything, like I don't know how to operate a camera, couldn't tell you, you know, how to set the F stop or if that's even a thing anymore. Um, I have no idea. But I surround myself with people who do, which is why I'm so very lucky that, you know, working on other people's films, it's like, okay, you know, now I want to help work on yours. But of course, you have to have good ideas and, you know, you have to be organized. You have to have, you know, the, the, the drive and the organization to want to make a film. I mean, there are those and you can tell which ones they are. The ones that are just, I'm doing this to do this to, you know, say, oh, I, I made a film. I can, you know, I can say that I'm a filmmaker. Like, I didn't say that until my film actually premiered. Like, I still wouldn't refer to myself as a filmmaker until, like, that actually happened. And like Ashes was saying, there's there's no, like, oh, I'm too old. I can't do this. Like, Sam Jackson was 47 when he got his first starring role. Or his first major role, I should say. Like, I directed my first short at 42, you know, like, and now all I want to do is more and more and more. So it's a combination of all of these things, you know, plus people telling you, no, you can't do it. You know, this isn't for you. You know, 
no one ever told me my ideas weren't that good. They were just like, well, you need to be realistic. It's like I didn't say I wanted to be an astronaut, you know, because, you know, I don't have the grades or the, at this point, physical endurance. Um, you know, I wasn't looking for something that I thought was unrealistic. You know, but again, there were a lot of people that told me, no, you can't do it. So I was like, well, that just means I want to do it even more. I mean, spite is definitely a motivator. Oh, yeah. Like, as 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 reasons go for doing things, like, hate and anger are definitely up there. I mean, that's... You know, and I mean, whatever motivates you. But, you know, if you have the drive, if you have the ideas, if that want is there, that need, that want becomes a need. And it's just, you know, I was unhappy for a few years because I was trying to find uh, a creative outlet. And everything I tried was just so unsatisfying it just wasn't it it wasn't that thing that was itching that scratch that i have and it was like you're scratching, scratching that itch that i have yeah that too um you know it just it just wasn't nothing was working and then you know stumbling into the the, the filmmaking industry and you know the the independent filmmaking industry um you know, with all of these creative types who, you know, again, like I said, you know, they have day jobs and families and they have all of these responsibilities. And yet on the weekends, they work hard and they hustle and they they go out there and they make their films. And like every free moment they have is spent, you know, dedicated to their creativity in some way shape or form it's just like ah yes like that's that that's it that's it and then and then seeing this fully realized product come to life which we will get into uh in our main right right, but, but but seeing that come to life you know right in front of your eyes you know not just the process of piecing it all together but actually sitting down to watch what you've created or what you've what you've helped to create like it's just it's so it's so inspiring it really is like it's so just it makes you want to do more like that feeling that high is just ah and then hearing people like respond and everything like ah and respond in a positive manner too not like oh this is terrible but like you know laughing at the things you want them to laugh at and and you know enjoying themselves for the five minutes that your film is is playing on that screen like you know forgetting their problems for those five minutes for you know allowing themselves to be engrossed in this film and just have a good time and and go along for the ride that you know you're you're taking them on like it's just that's a cool feeling that's a really cool feeling and you know and you know what's fantastic is going to these film festivals too being able to sit down and watch other people like their films you know and they're going through the same process you know they're watching their you know product their project come to life right in front and you know so it's like you're 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 experiencing all in the same, that together. exactly like you're all in the same boat like you're all there's a camaraderie there you know because you're all experiencing the same thing i mean obviously there are other people in the audience too supporters friends family what have you but um 
but it's just a really good feeling like it, it, it it's just it's just it's exhilarating yeah so i think on that note we're going to take a quick break and uh when we come back we're going to have uh, our main discussion on like what the the film festival was for us having gone as you know patrons multiple times actually being there as first-time filmmakers so we're going to take a quick break and when we come back that's what we're going to talk about so we'll be right back deadly grounds coffee knows how important your coffee is to you every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest deepest smoothest flavor you'll ever find we're coffee freaks too and deadly serious about our brew just one sip and you'll know why we say once you go deadly you don't go back it's truly coffee to die for so when you're ready to get a little deadly get online and order yours at getdeadly.com it's coffee so good it's scary Today, our, our main discussion, we are talking about our experience at the Shaanxi Film Festival, uh, which occurred from the 23rd through the, I'm sorry, the 20th through the 23rd. So the first night was at the uh, Starlight Theater in uh, Southbridge. The remaining nights, uh, the other three were all in uh, Worcester, either at the uh, WICN or at the um, uh, the Hilton Garden Inn, which is right next to the DCU Center, if you're familiar with the area. So the first question, uh, Ash, is, is for you. Uh, how did it feel seeing your name in the credits and seeing the Magenta Manor logo? Um, so I was on the phone with my mom a day or two after the film festival because unfortunately she couldn't make it um and i was just i i've done a lot of things and patrick and i have done a lot of things together um but i, I the the sense of pride that i felt when the magenta manor productions logo came up on that screen like i don't i just it makes me it makes me feel good like i'm i'm so proud i am so unbelievably proud um you know and this is this is a thing like this is a thing we're turning it into an llc we're we're in the process of of trying to make that happen unfortunately it costs dollars to do that everything costs dollars um so but but that's so we're hoping by definitely by this time next year will be an official llc and uh, oh yeah you know actually you have know, multiple official, films under an, our an, an, yeah banner. An, an official an official thing but um yeah I, it's just i just i felt so proud and accomplished i felt really accomplished like i i had no issue kind of patting my own back you know just uh and i'm really proud of us too 
Like this is huge. You know, for some, you know, couples for their 10th wedding anniversary, you know, they just exchange really nice gifts, maybe go on a trip or something. And and sure, you know, we went to we, we, we made our annual pilgrimage to the Cape. But, um, you know, we we decided to start a film production company. Uh, yeah. Who does that? Uh, we do. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, and and it's not only not only was I proud, but I saw a future there, you know, it, it's difficult to explain, but, um, I just saw when I saw that logo come up on the screen, it was pride, but it was also opportunity. And like, again, for someone who's been searching for a creative outlet that just felt right. Cause I tried writing and I mean, I've done, I've dabbled in poetry. I've dabbled in a lot of things. I am, I am okay at a lot of things. Um, you know? I would like <laughs> to point out that for our uh, wedding, uh, Ashes started making me a blanket and that blanket is still in the exact same situation and state that it was in. She's like, I didn't finish it in time, but I will. That was 10 years ago. Well, maybe I'm waiting for our 20th wedding waiting, anniversary. Just waiting for the right moment to finish the blanket. It'll get finished eventually. You know, if, okay, so that's a whole nother story for another day as well, to that, why the well, quilt, because it's a fucking quilt. Well, that's, it's I just one of those things. It's one of those things where and it's like, like it, I, it was this supposed is a creative to be a endeavor that you wanted to do. It'll be a surprise if it ever gets done. That'll be the <laughs> but surprise. But it was supposed to be a surprise, so I couldn't work on it at home, so I had to go elsewhere. And my mom was part of a quilting group at the time that met what once a month, so I would. that's where I would be. I was at the old lady quilting group like attempting to make a quilt once a month so i got pretty far all things considered especially because i so i i sew like i made my prom dress i for a, a, a while i wanted to be a fashion designer um uh which is why i'm so fashionable uh but um but 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 quilting is not my strong point. Like my mom's a quilter. She makes these beautiful, beautiful quilts. Um I, I, I can sew really well for the most part. Um, but quilting is a whole nother beast and I was just my also my issue is I get way too ambitious yes. with my projects. There are certain times I mean like everyone does that. It's like, all right, I'm gonna do this and it's like, oh man. I need to step away for a couple of minutes, you know, maybe a day, maybe a decade. Like, <laughs> you know, I'll get into it at some point. You know, so, and, and, and it's difficult again, you know, like I said, when you're working a full-time job and you have other responsibilities and whatnot, you know, sometimes it's difficult to find the time or the energy, you know, to, to you know, do those creative endeavors and also enjoy doing those creative endeavors. Sometimes when you're so exhausted and you're so like out of it and tired, those creative endeavors can kind of feel like a chore. Yeah, they're not And when fun. it gets to that point, it's like, well, then why the fuck am I doing it? Right. You know, so like I've gotten to that point with a lot of things, too. It's just like I don't have the, 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 the proper time to devote to this. Like I want to want to do this. 
you know but it's just like it just gets to the point where it's just like i don't want to do this anymore because it's not fun because i'm just not in that headspace so uh so 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 yeah so long story short i was so incredibly proud you know because this is this is something that you know we wanted to do and we did it and we you know accomplished it a full five minutes short you know completed and you know it just it's i mean i think it blew people's minds when you know we had the q a when they're like oh you know what was the most difficult part and it's like well learning how to do everything like i don't know how to edit or you know i've obviously through the podcast i know how to do like some sound mixing and whatnot but I had no idea how to do most of this stuff. I had to teach myself on the fly. And, you know, there were some things that I was like, oh, I want to do this, but I don't know how. And, you know, luckily Mike was like, oh, well, when you come over to do the color correction, you know, we'll do some of that. And, you know, we were able to do a couple of the things that I had wanted to put into the film. Like There were a few things that I wanted to do that we just simply didn't have the time or the equipment uh to accomplish but you know that can be for next time but people were astonished that it took us three and a half hours to film you know so it was you know we were very efficient we knew what we wanted to do we knew the shots we wanted to do um you know and we had uh people who really didn't have any experience on a film set or if they did not in the capacity that we were asking them to contribute. Like, for example, uh, neither of our actors, Mark or Alyssa, had ever acted before. Uh, Mark had never been on a film set before. Alyssa had. Alyssa has a lot of experience as a uh, makeup artist, and she's very talented as a makeup artist, but for whatever reason, uh, no one's ever put her in front of the camera. And I basically uh catered my my whole script to alleviate their anxiety because <laughs> they were kind of worried that you know they're like you know they wanted to do a good job and they're like i don't want to you know screw up your first movie you know by not giving you a good performance so i was like all right no dialogue just you know show me what you can do show me uh, make faces and you know body language and whatnot so they had to little mermaid it yeah basically except they they knew how to write which the little they mermaid had their looks their pretty face and mark was behind a mask so he had Half to have a pretty face he had to we kept telling him uh to do the hulk hogan eyes like it, this will make sense once you later see it. on. And again, we'll, we're going to have a whole episode dedicated to you know the behind the scenes stuff and the, the crew will be on. Yeah, it's going to be really yeah. It's actually going to be a really fantastic episode, and we'll be premiering the film online at that point. Yes. So, um, yeah. So you'll have a chance to see it eventually if you can't get to. So there the, is, uh, although I I've had. Uh, a couple of thoughts and there may be a, a poll that goes up based on uh, 
when we are going to premiere this. So just keep keep an eye out for that. So this film festival, like I said, you know, inspired both of us uh, to really want to be filmmakers and showed us that, you know, not only can we do it, that we should. And, you know, it's a very supportive community. Um, it's a very uh, tight-knit community. Like, everybody's, you know, so willing to help everybody else out. Um, there's really not a lot of ego. It's more, let's see what we can all do to help each other succeed. And, you know, like Ashes is saying, you know, you know, some of the folks that we talk to, you know, it's like, you know, I worked, I, I was working on this film when I made my short film and, you know, I was, when you work on a film, it's, you know, long hours, early call times, going home late, you know, and then to really want to go and like, I want to make my own film and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I have these ideas and getting help from, you know, your, the crew that you're working with is really something that shows a camaraderie because we were talking to folks that, that did that. It's like, yeah, I was working, you know, 60, 70 hours a week on a film. And then on my days off, I would drive, you know, get up at six in the morning or be on the, be on site at six in the morning so I could film for 12 hours. So it's like, you're not sleeping because you're just working on films all the time. But there's something that's so much more rewarding about working on your own film. Um, there was a lot of really, really awesome stuff in uh, in the rotation this year. There were, uh, there were a lot of long shorts, which, you know, I think they like when the shorts are shorter. You know, like five, six minutes. There were a couple that were like, you know, I don't even think ours was the, the shortest one, but, you know, there were a couple that were right around that five-minute mark. And for us, I think it's mostly all about what do we see in movies that we don't like? Let's make sure we don't do that. And one of those things is don't overstay your welcome. Like, tell your story, get out. Yeah, we saw <laughs> several... So one of the things I love about the Shaanxi Film Festival, uh, especially, is that it truly is a celebration of films and the f filmmakers, you know, uh, the making of the films and, you know, the people who create these films and, you know, and, and it really, truly does take a village to, to, to do some of this stuff, you know. Um, so it's just it really is just a, a, a celebration of in a really diverse celebration too of of films and you know particularly short films and you know it was a really good kind of smorgasbord of local talent talent across the country international and yeah, i was to say and talent across the world you know so you got to see things that um you may not have had the opportunity to see otherwise elsewhere yeah there was a, a phenomenal uh iranian film from uh an iranian uh filmmaker uh and her film was called witness and it was one of the better films that i saw. So you didn't get to see that one see i went every day 
I was there Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. Saturday we were there all day because that's when uh, our our short film uh, uh, screened, not filmed. Um, and you know, so I got to see you were there Thursday and Saturday because Thursday uh, Mike's film Salafeus was playing, and we were a part of that as well in a, a multitude of roles. But uh, getting to see all these different films, different filmmakers, different style of films, like, uh, you know, somebody that I've worked with on film sets, um, Jimmy Martin, he did a film that was shot almost entirely on a video, like a camcorder, which was interesting. Um, There were films that cost, you know, like ours, that, you know, we had a couple of hundred bucks for the budget. And there were other ones that, you know, they spent $50,000 and had, like, all these amazing effects and, you know, $25,000 and had car chases. And, you know, there were these, like, like oh, yeah, we, we, we rented this this location and we were there for this long and then we filmed for, you know, this many days and this many hours and we had this crew and that crew and, like, all these people. And it's like, we filmed outside at my mom's house, like... It's like, I would love to have had $50,000 for a budget. Like, that would have been so cool. But, like, that's the thing. Like you were saying, like, you don't need the fanciest equipment, although Mike does have a very nice Blackmagic camera. You don't need the fanciest of equipment or locations if everybody works together towards a common vision. Like, we used natural light. We used, you know, store-bought supplies. You know, we didn't spend a ton... I mean, all, pretty much everything came out of our pockets, although we did uh, get a, uh, con- a contribution from our executive producer, Justin Cooper, uh, in order to satisfy the needs of uh, Mark's rider. Uh, Mark wanted uh, two 20-ounce Mountain Dews and a sleeve of Ritz crackers, just one sleeve, not the whole box, just the one sleeve. But, of course, we had to buy the whole box, so that's a whole other uh, expense, you know, so that's, you know... That's the type of thing we were dealing with on this shoot. But no, like we, one of the things that I wanted to do on this was give some folks who have never gotten an opportunity to do something that they've never gotten to do. So one of our friends, you've seen her on the show, you'll see her again, uh, our good friend Colleen. Uh, her daughter is trying to figure out what she wants to be when she grows up, and she's done a bunch of different things. And at 16, you have to know because, you know, you got to, you know, point yourself in that trajectory and just go with it, whether it makes sense or not. Um, you know, kind of like what you were saying, like, I want to do this, but this will pay my bills, so this is what I have to do. Uh, she was interested in potentially working on a film, you know, seeing if that was something that she might want to do. It's like, well, you can come be a PA on, on my set, and I'm not going to make your mom drive an hour and then not have her here, so she can go and she can work craft services and you know we had uh, a friend of ours Javier who had never been on a set who's a wedding photographer he came and did our behind the scenes photography you know like I mentioned Mark had never acted before never been on a set here we go so I liked to I liked to pass on the opportunities that I was given to other folks and it's like here you go this is your role see if you like it and I think we had a lot of fun and I think we put together a, a, a good project. So, I mean, that's 
part of like the community and the camaraderie that I was talking about. Like there's a lot of that uh, kind of like paying it forward type of stuff. Um, now, Ashes, on the films that you did see, and you saw quite a few, you saw close to like 20 films between yep. the shorts and the, the, the longer shorts. Um, what were some of your favorites? So right off the bat, I just want to talk about my favorite film that I saw uh, throughout the entire festival. It's actually a feature film because they did have a couple of feature films um, present there as well. It's called Disorienting Dick. And it's by directed by Richard Marr Griffin. And oh my goodness, it was just it was it was everything that I wanted it to be at that moment. And it it stuck with me. It was and so much more was, than I thought it was gonna be. It was hilarious. So what what happened was at the uh the day prior Previous, the, the, yeah, the, the day before, the day before. Um, Wednesday. Skip said, are you coming to this? You, Skip runs yeah, Skip the Shaun Shea, Shea. runs the Shaun Shea Film Festival. Um, asked you if you were going to stay and watch this film Thursday night. He said that you should really stay and watch it. He wanted you to introduce you to the director. And, yes. you know, I, I had already made the decision to go Thursday to be supportive of some people and you know Patrick's like well you know Skip recommended this and I was like well there's a reason why he's recommending you go so we're gonna go and I am so glad that he made that recommendation because it, it was my favorite thing I saw it was everything it was so good within the first 30 seconds of the film you see full on full frontal naked man um but not in a sexual way uh, which kind of desensitizes you to some of the other some stuff, of the other that, stuff that you see later on in the film well he had said like they were writing a film that would never get made and they knew it would never get made so they started writing like a comedy porno and they toned it way down and what we saw was still very risque. Spicy. Uh, but the story was so good. And I think, you know, ultimately the reason why everything worked, you know, it was super campy. It was very woke. It was very present. It was very, it was very, very, very gay, which I loved. Um, but it had so much heart. It had so much heart and the overall tone of the story, the moral of the story, so to speak, uh, was so unbelievably heartwarming, you know, um, just be yourself. It very, it was, it gave me, but I'm a cheerleader vibes. Yes. Yes. And yeah, I, I was, uh, yeah, that, that's definitely one of the, the films, you know, um, it, it could have referenced but uh yeah it was just it was so good it was so and it was just so funny it was so smartly written it was very witty and very on the nose and there were puppets <laughs> everybody loves puppets yes and they served a glorious purpose like it was it was such a good you can find this for free on tubi and you should do yourself a favor and do so because it's, it's like a two hour film. I, 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 
Honest to blog, you are going to be laughing the entire two hours. Honest to blog? Honest to blog. When the hell have you ever said that? <sighs> Anyways, do yourself a favor. Heavens to Murgatroyd, you should check out this film. <laughs> like, what? Do not shade me, okay? Uh, I just told you earlier, I don't know what these, like, kids Not today, Satan. Not today. I know Stan. Um, but no, it's it's honestly one of the better things I've I've seen uh, this recently. year. To be honest, yeah, this is, year this um, is one of my favorite films of the year. I was gonna, yeah, end up I was going to say 10, so. I think. I think I think my favorite thing that I've seen this year is Barbie, and this is a very close. It might even be like a one A one B type of situation, um, because it was just it was just so good. It was so good, and you know, it's one of those films that you leave feeling good about yourself and everybody else and you know it's gonna be all right <laughs> so what else what else did you like so that was your number one what were some of the other ones that you so, liked the rest are in no particular order obviously have to give a shout out to cellophane by mike neal um you know you're just saying that because you're in it well, that, that <laughs> yes, my my resting bitch face graces you know several scenes of uh, of the film, um, but uh, but no, and and I also had a chance to work behind the scenes on it too, and that kind of gave me a little peek behind the curtain as to how hard some of these people work, and then to see the whole project come together, you know, we spent it was like an eight hour. 10 hour day uh, not including drive time yeah not including drive time um to get two minutes no we got about uh, four minutes of footage out of that two would you would you say four minutes in there but i mean that's that's about that's par for the course you know you're going to spend 12 hours shooting scenes like, it was just you it might was, get it was five a minutes. lot of work it was a lot of hard work and it was we were in this shed we were the shed was closed we were all oh, I thought you were in... talking about the castle. Oh no, no, I wasn't oh, talking no, about no, the, the castle. The garage? I'm talking about the garage. Oh yeah, the garage scene was yeah. I think we got a, like a forty seconds, forty seconds of footage. You know, but it took us like we were there for like eight hours. Well, there was a lot of uh, shots that we had to get ready, and there were a couple of shots we only had one chance, so we had to do it perfectly. So they were like rehearsal for some of these shots that we could only do once. And, but again, like we're, we're in this garage, it's all closed up. We're all in black because there's special effects stuff going on. And the camera. And they didn't, yeah. And the camera, and they didn't want the camera to pick up any like extra colors or whatever. You have to wear black because any lighter colors will reflect the light. Like even on some of the films that I've done, um, you have to, like you have to wear a black mask. You can't wear a white mask on set because it'll affect the camera. So, uh, yeah, and it was so freaking hot that day, and it was just it was a lot of work because it's a lot of setup, and you have to set up for each individual shot. And then, like I said, you know, some of the things you know uh, we could only 
do once so it was the setup and 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 practicing what we're going to do beforehand and then actually doing it and you know when you're doing a shot like that that you can there's one take that's it like you really have to be on and it's a really awesome special effect yeah yeah because it's all practical effects you know which is just absolutely bonkers but uh so cool to be a part of um but but yeah so seeing that film obviously you know patrick and i had already seen that film we saw it watched it once at home we saw it at another film festival earlier this year um put on you know, by the same folks but... and then you know watching it uh for the third time it still holds up it's a great film and a very interesting story and the lead actor chuck um without standing in this field <laughs> he is phenomenal he does just such a wonderful job uh portraying that character and there's really not a lot of dialogue uh so it's a lot of facial at you know like like dramatic facial acting and stuff and he just does a superb job with it yeah, a lot, um, again a lot of body language a lot of like show don't tell so next on my list is a long short that played with Cellophaeus. Uh It's called Step Right Up, and it's directed by Chris Salvi. Yeah, this is one that we had seen the short uh, proof of concept for. Yeah, so it started out as like a, like a fake commercial. Like, and that was the proof of concept, like doing this Big whole Dave's like, Coffee come Maker on, Emporium. Yeah, yeah, come on, you know, step right up to Big Dave's Coffee Maker Emporium. Um, like, it's absurd. We saw that at a film festival last year, last summer, uh, and it was just, it was just so bizarre and so funny. And they decided to take that concept and expand it and create a whole you know, longer short film based on that concept. And it, you know what? It worked. It worked. It was really funny. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it, you really didn't know what was going to happen next. Uh, Chris Salvi has a very specific way of writing comedy. He's a weird fucking dude. <laughs> yeah, like and it I comes said, through in a, both his acting and directing. <laughs> he has a very specific way of writing comedy. Um, and it works for him. Yeah, it was great. You know, uh, and the the execution was well done. And you gotta well. you gotta uh, give it up for Justin Tebow, who is uh, just fantastic. And we have referenced uh, both Chris and Justin prior uh, when we have discussed uh, Jeremy Aruda's uh, haunting uh, Strawberry Lane, which is, I think I'm due for a rewatch on that. So next on my list is a short called Good Looking Out, directed by Seth Chatfield. Yeah. This one, so this falls under the category of less is more. It was a very short short. I want to say it was just a couple of minutes. Um, they knew what they wanted to do. They executed it perfectly. Uh, the punch was just I mean, you kind of knew it was coming. You but, saw but, it coming. Yeah, but even when it happened, you were just kind of like, oh, you know, uh, a, a mixture of, of extremely grossed out and funny 
they did win the special effects award. They did, yes. Um, and, you know, it was a very simple concept, but like I said, it was executed perfectly. Um, Didn't you know, overstay its welcome. It yeah, knew exactly, exactly what it wanted to do, it, and know, it did it. it. Yeah, and there's another film uh, that did that as well that we'll talk about in a in a minute, but it was just, it was so effective. Like, so effective to the point where, you know, I, I think I had like a like a blur, like you, you know something so funny you're just like ha <laughs> like like that you blurted that it out yeah. happened because you know this this film was just so well done and you know again the special effects this i don't want to give too much away in case people want to want to uh track it down in and, case people yeah. want to look out for it um uh-huh. But it was it, it was just it was just super funny. It was it was awesome. Um, I, I highly suggest. I want to see more from these folks for it. Yeah, I I was very intrigued by these people, and um, the 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 director was actually sitting in front of us, and so I we saw their film first. And then, you know, ours played shortly thereafter and watching their reaction during our film playing, like they were really getting into it and they were just kind of like, oh, no, and like laughing and everything. Like, I, I just I don't know. I felt kind of validated because this person whose work that I just extremely enjoyed, like, uh, you know, is is reacting to what we did. Right. In the same and, way. In a really positive manner. And I, it just, I don't know, it just it just made me really happy that, that this person was really happy, you know, and uh, I don't know, I'm just kind of rambling. No, but, I get it. Um, but, but yeah, so uh, I, I definitely cannot recommend that enough. Um, also, the other film, Always Wear Comfortable Shoes, I knew directed you were by Angie Hansen. Uh, again, Simple concept, straight to the point, um, you know, really funny, witty writing, very uh, from the female perspective, too, which I love. Um, and I, I knew I knew I'm like sitting there, I'm like, oh, a, a woman did this <laughs> because there are certain things, you know, uh, especially so, you know, a, a film called Always Wear Comfortable Shoes. It's about wearing comfortable shoes and the importance of wearing comfortable shoes. And it, it's just it's, you know, apparently wearing heels can be murder. That's that's pretty accurate. But uh, but yeah, but again, it's it's another one of those super simple um, executed beautifully, uh, very dark, very comedic. Uh, just it just it just brought me joy. And then having conversations with the lovely people who created this film after uh, was even better. So. You know, we made a we made a lot of friends <laughs> at the Shawshank Film Festival this year. Um, I'm just gonna ramble off my the last on my list because I'm starting to lose my voice again. Um, Follower, yeah, by Scott W. Perry. That is one that. Uh, do you ever watch something and you think you know the twist, 
and that the, 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 the twist is actually part of what you think the twist is but then the twist is actually even bigger than that and better than that and like when you realize what the twist is you're just like oh my god you know like you, you just you just can't help but be you know uh ha- have an auditory response to the it. twist is you think you know the twist and you don't you know um that's this film and what is so brilliant is it is simple in its design and in its concept uh you know the one room setting yeah it was set in one room two two actors actors, um but oh my goodness the the volleying of dialogue between the two actors and the chemistry between the two actors and he's he's won a couple of best actor awards at different festivals for this you know so it's just it's so well done and kind of rattles you a little bit again because you think you know what it is and you kind of know what it is but it's so much bigger than that uh it's like the end of saw it's like oh i know who the killer is it's the guy from the hospital but oh, then you don't realize I didn't that realize the guy from the hospital him is right there. On the ground. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's kind of like that, uh, but so so well done, so well done, and and it really emphasizes um, the importance of good writing and great actors. Yeah. Yeah, like you can have a great script, but you have to have people who can execute it. Or if you have a bad script, you need to have somebody who can make it better by delivering the lines in a good way. But this was just, it was just a perfect combination of everything. And it was just, oh, oh, it was was so good. Uh, Next on my list is Cup of Tea, directed by Diana Porter. Um, it was really an interesting story, and it was something that was so different um, for Diana to direct. And it was written by uh, the screenplay was written by Sylvia Graziano, who was in uh, Celepheus as one of the main characters. Right, and it was it was a very interesting story. And what I loved um, was it was it was very female driven you know you had a female writer female director uh the two main actors in the film were both women so it definitely had like that specific point of view to it um and again another one of those films that has like this this twist to it that just makes you go oh oh like it was it was it was very well done and like i said it was something that was really different for Diana um and from what she, from what it sounds like you know what she was saying during the Q&A part it was also kind of ambitious for her just working with a larger crew and whatnot and I think she knocked it out of the park she did such a good job with this film um second to last on my list is a film called Rumble Riot directed Rumble by Riot was so Joey good. Min. Um not often do we see like crazy action like really well choreographed action sequences and a short film festival. No, not to that extent. 
especially being their first film. They did such a good job that the Shaanxi Film Festival created a stunt award specifically to give to these people because it was just so... It was it was perfect. Like the, the the choreography was timed so perfectly, and everyone uh, was trained up, you know, so they could execute all of these moves and whatnot, and everything was just the choreography. It's y- like a dance. Yeah. Well, and they, yeah, exactly. And it really felt like that, you know. Um, and it was really funny too, and you know, it's just the, the the coincidence of you know trying to be a good person and getting caught in a wrong situation, and somehow having the skills to <laughs> fight your way out of that situation. Um, so that one was really great, and I, I I cannot recommend that one enough too. Like that one, we had a lot of fun with that one. Uh, and last on my list is the Surrogate by Erica Stockwell, mm-hmm. and Erica's first film is one of the films that really inspired us to go forth and make films. Um, this film is the third. And I believe final installment in her current demon trilogy. Yes. Uh, so she has her first film called Firstborn, her second film called Dead Language, and this final film called The Surrogate. And I highly, highly, highly recommend checking out the other two. Actually, find a way to check out all three. Uh, it's definitely worth your 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 time. Um, she has a way of writing. Um, that do you ever just see something and just think to yourself this person just gets it that's erica she has something she has she has that it factor when it comes to filmmaking that you know everything just fits together perfectly her films are are timed just right the dialogue everything is written just so funny so funny um and everything just comes together really well and everything kind of has like a little punch to it like and a a funny like a funny little punch to it that just you know and it subverts what you're expecting exactly i know that's a cliche thing but it really does no and um pogs that's all i have to say pogs i actually just uh auditioned for one of her films and I'm waiting to hear back so that's going to be interesting all right so for me a lot of a lot of mine were overlapping with yours but there's also a few that you didn't uh that you didn't see and a couple that you didn't uh mention uh the one that won best comedy short don't be a coward by Lana Marks um one of the funnier films uh, especially considering the subject matter I don't want to give too much away because it really takes away from the the, the punch of it. Um, perf- the Perfect Day, which also won an award. Um, that one was... Uh, hold on to me. I'm trying to remember where that was. The Perfect Day. Because I want to make sure I get the, the right... Um, the right act... The right director... Um, but what's funny is the uh, the director was uh, 
like myself, a writer, and neither of us have any dialogue in our in our film, which I thought was interesting. Oh, here it is, uh, John Lynch, "Perfect Day" by John Lynch. Uh, I thought that was kind of kind of funny. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Rumble Riot, the 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 surrogate. Um, Four Killers and a Liar is another really, really good one that I liked a lot. And that was uh, uh, Adam Griswold uh, wrote and directed that. Um, I like that one quite a bit. Um, obviously, Follower, Always Wear Comfortable Shoes, Cup of Tea, um, really good stuff. Um, Troy Minkowski's The Garden was an absolute trip when it comes to like the the blend of puppetry and animation and it looked like a film from 1910 with you know the colors and the and the the different saturation um that I think that ended up winning like best experimental short so I mean I and I'm gonna, just gonna go with you know some of the ones that you said as well. We don't have to rehash them because I mean step right up. I really enjoyed, obviously Celepheus. Um Oh, the other one that I really liked was uh, "Get In" by Nicholas Bobain and uh, Mike Brown. Um, it was really funny, but it was also um, I recognized all the shooting locations which I thought was kind of funny. Um, yeah, just I, I just really, in, in general, enjoy this film festival and the, the, the camaraderie that comes with, you know, being there as, you know, either a patron or a, or a, a, a filmmaker. You know, I, I think one of the things, you know, when we went to Mass Independent, which is, again, put on by Skip, uh and held in the same location when we went there back in uh april may april because may was uh erica's uh festival um strange maynard which our film has been submitted to um there was one one uh filmmaker who wrote directed and acted did everything himself uh and he put like little jokes in there and I pride myself on picking up on little jokes like the I was like oh I really liked your Beatles reference he's like oh yeah thanks like no one ever gets that and it was about like the sun disappearing and it says there goes the sun it's not alright you know as opposed to here comes the sun it's alright you know and he said I was the first person to, to notice that but I'll ask you and I'll, I'll wrap up this because this is going way longer than I thought it was going to go um I'll wrap up with this uh, to you, Ashes. Do you find that now that you have been involved with filmmaking that you approach watching things differently? So, yes, absolutely. Um, so I, I've started watching things differently over the past several years uh, just because of the podcast, you know, watching things, really analyzing the characters, um, 
you know, their contributions to the world around them, how they affect the outcome of the, the you know, whatever it is, film, television, book, whatever media it happens to be, you know, how they how they influence the story and and, and whatnot. Um, so I I watch things with a, a critical eye as far as that goes. But now that I have been involved in filmmaking, I'm I'm I've learned some stuff. I'm learning even more things. Um, I'm I'm starting to pick up on little bits, you know, like the lighting and you know the color in this is very vibrant, and you know this was a choice, and like the the sets, the appreciation for for specific sets, especially like built sets, like versus, Barbie, yeah, like Barbie, um, you know, and and knowing. Just a, a, a little bit of all the time and effort, the hard work that goes into making all of this stuff happen. Um, you know, I've always paid attention to, to costumes and stuff like that. But now I even have more of an eye for, for certain things, makeup. And yeah, so I and, and, and not only that, you know, um, critics you know critical of of the story and the editing and it's like well why did they choose to include this when they could have included something else that would make the story flow better or why are they at why are they padding the runtime so much with all of this fluff you know like is it because their concept just isn't that good that they're trying to get you to forget about it or or does it or serve the what? story or does it right, serve like right so you know money. Like you know, some of the films that we saw at the festival, some of them were so good, but they could have been even better with some tighter editing. It's just my opinion. But again, you know what it comes down to? It's all art and art is subjective. Exactly. And, you know, my opinion, it's it. my opinion means something to me. But honestly, my opinion should mean absolutely shit to you. Like right. it shouldn't influence you in any way, shape or form at all. You know, who the fuck am I? Honestly. And, and that's that's how it should be. You I mean, know? that's how we approach it. It's like. You know, I've ha I had a couple of people that I was like, you know, when I first did my trailer, I was like, hey, what do you think about this? Well, you could cut it down or you could do this or you could do that. And it's like some of those uh, pieces of advice I took, other pieces of advice I did not because it didn't suit what I was trying to do. Like some stuff from a technical standpoint, yes, how do I do this? You do it this way. Oh, Okay. Oh, you know, I think you should add this sound effect or you should do this because of this. It's like, that doesn't make sense to me. I will say this, though. I'm also like I, I used to be impressed by certain things, but now I'm even more impressed when oh, I you're going to say you were less impressed. No, I'm even more impressed with certain things. It's like, wow, they were able to do this on this budget. They were able to do this in this amount of time. They were able to do, you know this with all of these limitations you know they all you know they were able to do this through all practical effect you know like i'm i'm impressed even more because i i have you know i've taken that peek behind the curtain i i i've i've seen the wizard you know like i i i know what actually happens um so there's just more of an appreciation you know for all of this stuff and you know uh Somebody asked John Waters the other day um, if he had any advice for somebody who's wanting to make a film. 
And he said something along the lines of watch everything, the good and the bad. Edit your films. If you think that it should be cut, it probably should be. And I forget what the other thing was, but those those are the two things that, that really stuck out. Um, it makes sense. Watch everything. Watch everything that you can. Stuff that you consider good and stuff that you consider bad. There's always going to be a lesson to learn, you know. Right, right. But, like, how are you supposed to be, you know, really cultivate your art if you're not experiencing as much of it as possible? Right. Um, you know, and then his, his comment on editing, you know, edit. If you think something should be, if, if you question whether or not something should be removed, it probably should be Just removed. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, and if you are in the editing process, you know, take something out and see how it flow. You know, like you could always put it back. You know, yeah. you have you have these options, but but yeah, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm learning more of like the technical stuff too, and it's just it's so interesting to me. You know, and again, like you know, uh, seeing some of these films, like like for instance, seeing Oppenheimer. And the the one scene in particular where the bomb goes off, knowing that they only used practical effects and the way that they were able to capture, you know, everything, the sights, the sounds, the, 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 the feeling of, you know, the bomb going off, like, you know, sitting there in the theater kind of gripping, you know, my, my armrest armrest yeah that's the word um you know because it's just like you literally feel like you're going to be blown away because everything is just done so beautifully like it was just perfect i'm so glad i had the opportunity to see that in the theater to experience that particular scene um you know and i could i could appreciate that i was really like gobsmacked when i figured you know found out that it was all practical effect because it was it was almost too perfect because they got it just so right yeah i'm really interested to see how they did that like it's going to be going to be like we're probably going to have to pick up like the actual DVD, you know, DVD if, the Blu-ray or whatever. If they're actually doing that anymore, because uh, we've seen a lot of stores like, oh, yeah, we're just getting rid of all our physical media. It's like, uh, no. No, I want physical media. I want the special features. I want I want it all. Yeah. it's. So we're going to take a quick break because that we, – we discussed this earlier. We're like, this probably won't be a long episode. We're at like an hour and 40 minutes. So we're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to wrap things up and uh, give we you have a, battle results. Yeah, and and give you a preview of what's coming up. So we'll be right back. And we have returned. We're back. We're back. Uh, so 
I hope you enjoyed some of those uh, some of the, some of the discussion that we had on those different films. Uh, if you haven't gotten a chance to check out uh, the Shaanxi Film Festival or the Shaanxi uh, uh, organization, we will leave links in the show notes and the description so you can check those out. You can see some of the pictures uh, from this year and from past years. Um, you get to see some of the you know the uh, the nominees, the winners. You can donate to their uh, foundation, their 501c charity. Um, you know, or you know, get to work making your own film and submit it to the festival coming up. Uh, submissions are open as of October 1st and won't close until, uh, I believe, June. But uh, all of that information is on filmfreeway.com. Uh, I highly recommend checking it out. Uh, so, Ashes, you said we have some battle results. What are your battle results? We do. So the last time we were here, we threw down, he blinded me with science, Battle of the Man-Made Creatures. Which mad scientific creation has what it takes to best its competition and be the last creature standing? The special guest referee was Dr. Doofenshmirtz, and the sandbox was Doofenshmirtz Evil Incorporated. You could choose from Frankenstein's Monster, created by Dr. Frankenstein, Mr. Hyde, created by Dr. Jekyll, The Brundlefly, created by Dr. Seth Brundle, or Rocky, created by Dr. Frank and Furter, and, uh... Frankenstein's monster. That's who you all chose. I'm not surprised. I think that's a good choice. I think there were a lot of good choices there. Um but I think that's I think that works out well. So we uh we have decided that for the rest of uh Ashtober Ashtober we are going to be watching some stuff that either we have not seen or we have not seen in a very, very long time. Or one of us has seen and the other hasn't seen in a very long time. So we're still picking through some of these uh, ideas. Um, we have a handful that we're, we're leaning towards. Including Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. Um, Candyman. Daniel Robitaille. Comparing and contrasting the two films. Yep. The original and the i guess remake it's a remake or a reimagining i don't know it's not a sequel and the characters from repo the genetic opera yeah because we're sitting there in the car we're trying to figure out you know what what do we what do we want to do for characters for ashtober spooky season and it's like oh my fucking god we haven't talked about repo the genetic opera yet yeah, and that's... what the hell is wrong with us? Um, yeah, so we're definitely going to be talking about that. Uh, we may sprinkle in a couple more here and there. So yeah, we have a, we have a tuned. few more, but it's going to be fun. This is going to be a fun, spooky season. Yeah, I think we're gonna. We also have a lot of stuff that we're doing too. So um, this upcoming Sunday. October 8th, we're going to be at the premiere of She Who Dared, the Gabrielle Rassan Rassan film um, at the Somerville Theater Sunday afternoon. 
Uh, so that's exciting. Can't wait to check that out. And then that uh, then weekend. The following weekend, October 14th, 14th and 15th, we will be at uh, the Taunton Conference Center, I think. That's Monster it. Expo. Monster Expo. That's where and, and Happenstance. So Happenstance, the film festival, is happening at Monster Expo this year. Uh, two days of films to coincide with the 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 convention. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we're going to be there as well. Uh, and there we will be kicking off Ashtoberfest mm-hmm. for some fun birthday shenanigans for yours truly. Uh, and then we have some other stuff coming up later on this month too but that is what we are talking about right now um it's gonna be fun so stay tuned kids yeah there's a lot there's a lot because it's uh ashtober a couple of tricks lots of treats oh yeah so i think with that being said we We will will see you next thursday. thursday